0: Hello everyone and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast where we hear from all sorts of interesting tango folks in the world of Argentine tango. I'm your host Joe Yang. Thanks so much for joining us. On the line with me right now from LA is Robert Le. Robert, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here.
1: Yeah, thank you Joe. Uh, It's definitely an honor to be here.
0: So, Robert, you reached out to me on Facebook a little while back, and you have a very interesting story involving a malanga, which we will get to in a little bit. But first, let's learn a little bit about you. So, uh, how did you fall in love with Tango?
1: Well, that's actually a really funny question, because everyone's story is something along the lines of, uh, I had a girlfriend, and she convinced me to go to Tango uh, or whatnot. Before I started tango, I was heavily involved with like uh, anime and comic books and all that kind of stuff, and and my friends were costumers, and I, I was getting into costuming also, uh, or as, as they say, cosplay. But mm-hmm. um, so every year they have this competition, and I thought, uh, know, I want I wanted to participate in it. And during the time, you know, take like you know we all saw Take the Lead, you know, and Shall We Dance, and all those movies start coming out around I think. Well, it was before 2012, but it was like mm-hmm. still, you know, still kind of hot around 2012. And then basically, what happened was they're like, "Oh, hey, you know, we should do a tango skit with our costumes. <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, okay, yeah." And, and unfortunately, like, so I went out and you know, just like everyone else who like, hey, you know, I don't know how to dance, so let's uh, let's see what's out there. And I signed up for a ballroom place.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and you know, did about three months there. And, war- and I got, you know, we, we, were, we were making costumes, and I'm like, hey, guys, you know, we we have to practice our skit, or we have to at least develop it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, can you teach us? <laughs> you know, i like, I've only been there for three months, I mean, let alone, like, you know, like, I don't even know what the heck I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so, uh, everything, so like, you know, everything just pretty much fell apart. Get a whole bunch of, I mean, you get a whole bunch of people who... It's like the blind leading the blind, yeah. and, and like long story short, everything fell apart. <laughs> and uh, and I, I actually I, I ended up sticking with it because actually, you know, I actually enjoyed it.
2: Okay. Uh, I, you
1: know, it was just like okay, I, I never thought I'd actually do, and then I'm like, you know, this is actually half bad. And then uh, you know, it's like one of those things like when the routine starts rolling, and then you start seeing benefits, and mm. then that's it. You know, so that's kind of how I got involved.
0: Nice, nice. But you started out with ballroom tango. How did you make the switch to Argentine tango?
1: Oh, so that's, that's, that's so I say ballroom tango. So what happened? And I, I, I made that distinction, and okay. because they were advertising it as Argentine tango. Oh. And 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 yes, there were Argentine moves and all that other and all that hoopla. But you know, but they were doing everything in figures. Uh, they weren't really teaching lead and follow per se. They they were, but it was kind of like all everything all choreographed. Mm-hmm. And I had. No idea that people actually dance socially. And,
2: mm-hmm.
1: You know, I just, I, I'm just, I was just under the impression. Oh, yeah, you know, people learn how to dance, and then they do competitions, and and uh, you know, there's a winter showcase, and that's pretty much it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And one of my friends who I started taking this classes with, or who I, you know, who I made, while I was taking classes, she came back, and she's like, "Well, Robert, what are you still doing here?" Like, I'm like, <laughs> taking classes, like. I should right, yeah. and she's like, "Yo, no, you should go out there and dance socially and 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 go to malongas." I'm like, "What? Wait, what's that?" <laughs> you know? So, you because know, yeah, in Baltimore, like they, they never tell you about these things because like you know you're you, you know you you kind of get thrown into like this whole competition showcase route and blinders are on and that's it. So, and that's funny. I mean. So I went to my first malonga solo. I like n- knew nobody mm-hmm. and realized that I really didn't know jack shit. <laughs> you know? Just, just to give you, a, just to give you like an idea of that. You know, for the choreography, you know, the the basic eight counter. You know, you always start with a back step. You know, and we still teach that. You know, they still it's still taught that way also. But then you go to a malonga, and I was like freaking out because like no one's doing a back step.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm like,
1: what is going on here? Like, and you know, I, I took a pre malonga class, and this guy's like, okay, you know, at least you got some timing. Mm-hmm. But just do this all night. You know, just do this one speaker all night. and Don't do anything else. And. And you know, I kind of did that, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I survived the night. Survived a few, a few more nights. Survived a year, two years, and next, mm-hmm. you know, I'm here. I am. You know? So that's kind of how it all worked
0: out. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. You threw yourself right into that milonga. So what, what kept you coming back to tango after that experience?
1: I had a lot of personal issues that i wanted to address i didn't know how to address mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of it were, like confidence issues a lot of it was honestly I, I swing back and forth through like opposite like ends of the spectrum in terms of confidence and ego mm-hmm. and it's like <laughs> it, it's really crazy you know like yeah, like I, I would be confident one thing like like i I'm a, i, I play tennis almost all my life you know mm. and really confident there but outside of tennis i was just like this total buffoon you know um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and that's one of the things where like, especially in terms of dating, like, I, I, I didn't have a girlfriend for a long time
2: mm-hmm. and
1: in terms of dating, you know, it's like, how do you get more confident? How do you, you know, how do you do all these things? And, you know, you read those, ma- you read the magazines, you read Maxim, you read whatever there is out there, mental health, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, they're they always talking about confidence. And every time I tried to be more confident, it was just short of assertive, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, I didn't understand, like, you can't just wake up one day, like, I'm going to be confident, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I started recognizing a pattern in terms of, like, I felt more comfortable in doing things. When I when I focused on my, like, like say, walking, for example, mm-hmm. you know, where I was always, like, kind of, like, meek and meager in terms of, like, oh, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm afraid I'm too rough. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. Mm-hmm. And I would never be able to have a nice stride because I was always, like, shuffling, like, doing this, like, small shuffle because yeah. I just didn't want to step across his foot, right. and, you know, the more, and that's the thing, like the more I was able to, like, you know, and I, my teacher was like, just push my back to get me to actually take a step, and the more I actually got into that, I was noticing that there's this change, like, I, w- I was getting more confident, and so I, that's kind of how I stuck with it because I'm like, you know, this is making life changes in myself, mm-hmm. you know? I, don't, I, can't, I, like, I can't explain it. During the time, it's like, I don't know if there was a direct cause and effect, but, mm-hmm. but I'm going through some change there's some correlation. And, you know, I like where, where this is going. So that's kind of why I stuck with it and how I stuck with it.
0: Yeah. Nice. Nice. So as you were learning, Robert, what's some really good... Or memorable advice that you've gotten that still sort of stick with you today?
1: There, there are tons. And, like, they always come in these weird, like, Argentine metaphors.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll yeah, will tell you that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
1: The Argentine, the Argentine love these weird metaphors. For example, like, for a long time, I was a figures junkie. I mean, it was like, give me a figure, give me another figure, and, like, I was just gobbling. Mm-hmm. Up. I, I was probably, like, commercially, I was, like, Tango's best friend because I was just eating up whatever figures was out there, you know? <laughs>
2: uh,
1: but, like, as a social dancer, I was, like, vomiting figures. It was just, like, mm-hmm. so much junk, you know? Yeah. And, and one of the great things, like, you know, I don't know if you... You probably know Lila. Leandro Lila. Leandro comes up to me and he's like, you know, for, like, Thanksgiving, you know, you have a big plate and there's, lots, <laughs> there's a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, you take your turkey, you take your mashed potatoes, put it on the plate, take me your carrots... And then, like, you know, you dump, like, then you dump your salad on top of your turkey and then your ice cream on top of your turkey and, <laughs> and your dessert and all. And I'm like, I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, that's what you're doing with your dance. It's like, there's uh, too much crap. Too much crap, you know? crap yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and he's like, he's like, look, you know, you can't treat your dance like, just like, this, like an overloaded buffet. You have mm-hmm. to, like, make dishes and, 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 like, really talk. And I guess he all spoke to this way to me because, you know, he knew I, I was, uh, I was an avid cook. Mm. Like, I
0: love cooking and, so. So he, so maybe he, maybe he chose this
1: metaphor because he understood that I understood what plating was about. You
0: mm-hmm. know? I see, I see. Yes. And and yeah, then I'm like, oh,
1: okay, that like that totally makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, that yeah, that, that that's one of the ones that really stuck with me. There's tons of the, uh, the other major one that really stuck with me was from Julio Bambaseta. Oh yeah. You know, one of the things he actually told me was that the most important thing was not my timing but her timing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because he's like, yeah, you're leading, but like, no one's really watching you as a dancer. <laughs> you know? In terms of musicality, it's like, what was going on was that I thought I was on time.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
1: my girlfriend was always complaining that I was always off beat off time and everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like I'm, I'm stepping to the beat, you know? Mm -hmm. And it didn't occur to me that there is this lag between me and her from like the initiation of the the step, me actually landing the step and her actually landing the step too, because Mm -hmm. there's this lag. Mm So technically because of the way I was leading and I was, I wasn't really dancing through her per se. So she was always late while I was always stepping on time Mm -hmm. because I was leading her late. You know, mm-hmm. so that was one of the things he's like, hey, look, you know, make sure she's always on time. So then I totally had to change the whole dance around and think about not really worry about if I'm on time anymore. And that was like a huge jump for me because now it's like, people are like, oh, this is very pleasant. This is very musical. This is very, you know, mm-hmm. uh, being musical is one of those compliments I don't get very often because I start off barely tone deaf.
0: You mm-hmm. know, I see
1: Give you an example in terms of how I learned the beat before tango or anything. Actually, I learned how to hear the beat through video games <laughs> okay because I-, I couldn't hear the beat i didn't understand what the beat was i mean mm. i studied capoeira and like we were like hit, you know, playing with the instruments and i was always off beat because oh. like i couldn't you know yeah and uh, it took like actually funny enough it actually took dance dance revolution for me to actually understand okay. where the beat was because there's a visualization like oh there's the beat it's the flash you want to line that up so <laughs> uh, that-, that was the uh, yeah i know it's it's a very um it's a very odd way to learn the beat, but like I am a very visual person, and and in terms of hearing stuff, it like I heard so many things that I didn't, I couldn't tell what the beat was. It was just like it was just like information overload, and I was just shutting down. So in in that, then understand that like I need to lead her to be on the beat, and not necessarily myself, and like mm-hmm. I could you know catch and do whatever, but the lead needs to be the lead needs to be on time, and that was like one of the the best things that Julio has told me because now it's like. Uh, everything makes a lot more sense, and now I could like kind of look back. Oh man, I've been like off-beat or leading like late for like the past like five years. I'm like, oh, Jesus, this is embarrassing. Mm. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> but, but yeah, it's just one of those things. You know, you think you're you, you think you're getting somewhere, and then someone smacks you down, and I'm like, well, back to the drawing board, and, <laughs> yeah. and here we go again. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, Robert, I want to get to that little interesting tidbit that you shared with me over Facebook, in that you yeah purchased a Milonga. <laughs> Which is uh, not something you hear about every day. So uh, why don't you tell us a story about how that happened?
1: Yeah. Okay. So most people, you always hear someone. I started Malonga, or a Malonga was gifted to me in some mm-hmm. way. Like a Malonga closed down, someone wanted to retire, and they said, "Hey, you want to take over?" You yeah. know. In a sense, it kind of happened in the same way. And this came from my mentor, who is uh, Linda Valentino. She's a very respected person in L.A. She started the Malonga. She started uh, the Malonga I-, I-, I currently run right now. Tango, Meal for seven years, mm-hmm. and she de- she decided that she wanted to take a step away from tango, and she opened up downtown dance and movement, which is a dance studio in downtown LA. Okay, and she did that, and she was trying to do both, and she was finding out that she's one person; she can't do two things, you no. know, it, like two things. It was just way too much. By the time you know, she was also she. You know, she was. Her finances were heavily invested into the studio, mm-hmm. and um, she wanted to make sure I was serious. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she gave me a proposition. Hey, you know, would you want to buy this from me? Ooh. And I'm like, yeah. So and like this whole <laughs> things, like she's like, she's like, yeah, sure, let's do it. You know, uh, and and it's like, okay, well, how much? And like we had to like, and since she's a, my mentor and good friend, we came up with uh, what what we we'll consider uh, reasonable. Mm-hmm. You know, and. And, you know, I asked them around and people were like, oh, you know, you're not getting any assets. Why would you want to buy it? You know, mm-hmm. like, what are you getting? You know, they're like, you're not getting, you know, there's no, there's no material thing you're actually receiving. Right. And, but, but in the same sense, like, you know, I had friends who ran nightclubs and they sold their, you know, their brand per se, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's where I actually got a lot of the advice, which is like, how much, how did you guys come up with a figure to sell your, you know, to sell your nightclub, mm-hmm. you know, because. Like a promotional nightclub, not because like they didn't own the nightclub; they're just running the event. Yeah. So we came up with the form, their formula was, you know, it's thirty mm-hmm. percent of our of our net income mm-hmm. for the year. You know, so Linda came up and we we talked about it. Some people were first getting like, you know, five hundred dollars, and I'm like, oh my god, like that'd be so insulting. Like this yeah. is like seven years of this lady's work, and it's right, like right. I, I'm going to offer five hundred dollars for seven years of this lady's work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's. That, and, and coming from a and, and like she's a good friend of mine, so that's that's even that's like a double whammy, you know. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so we, we proposed the thirty percent. My girlfriend and I did because mm-hmm. uh, we we started it. Um, she she wanted to do it with me to because everyone knew that I wanted to start a festival one day, and this is mm-hmm. like a good stepping stone, you
2: mm-hmm. know.
1: So we came up thirty percent of her annual net. So we did an average of the five years, and thirty percent of that ended up being five thousand dollars. Okay. So that's uh, that's all that happened, you know. So we fished out five grand, and that, it, it was good and done. She was happy, we were happy, and and honestly, I think that was a really good decision. Yeah. Um, not just from our part in terms of taking over the Malonga, but in 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 terms of like I think when people when someone decides to take over a Malonga
2: mm-hmm. or
1: do a Malonga, they have to be more business oriented about it,
2: right? Because you have
1: to make sure you have to make sure that there's enough there's enough cash flow to keep the lights on, keep on going, and Part of that is not just the 5,000 wasn't just in good faith, but it's also like it puts me in a position where it's like, hey, I got to be serious about this now because I just threw down five grand. Right, yeah. And one of the things that my girlfriend and I, one of the reasons we really wanted to do this was because, and sorry, I should actually say it, my girlfriend Natasha Eisenstein, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> I guess, like, you know, the, one of the reasons why we really, wanted, really, that we really wanted to do this was because we were so angry at a lot of Malongas, we had higher expectations what it should be and what it could be.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and one, and one, of, one of the things we really did was we wrote in our mission statement is that we wanted to focus on customer service
0: and what it meant,
1: you know, mm-hmm. uh, what does customer service mean and and how, and how can we guarantee this kind of consistency. Because uh, one of the things we noticed that we'd go to a malanga and no one would know who the organizer was. Mm. The only reason why we knew like, that it was an organizer is because they're the cashier right and it was, it was almost like you say hi you pay your thing uh you know you're then you get dropped off at the deep deep end of the pool mm-hmm. and 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 then what you know like there's there's no host per se you know yeah. it's it's a cashier and then there's a party and then it's like good luck seek or swim so so that was one thing we really wanted to change and mm-hmm. the other thing is before we took over this Malonga, um uh, my friends and i we started something called tango house
2: mm-hmm.
1: because you know, what we did—it was like four tangled people living together, and we just opened <laughs> up our. it. Was it was great? It's probably one of the yeah. like the best two years of my life, pretty much. You know, mm. and we, you know, it was like every day we just opened up our house. Anyone could stop by, practice with us. We would like be dancing almost every day. You know, nice. share ideas. You know, there was no like head honcho or anything. It was like, hey, you know, uh, this is our idea. If you want, you if you want to take it or leave it, it's up to you. Mm-hmm. We would like throw. We would throw like just. Random parties and like we'd ha- we'd get roughly about hundred thirty hundred fifty people showing up mm-hmm. all the way from like I mean people would come by at ten to, sorry at ten in the evening and we'd go all the way to like five in the morning and five in the morning there'd still be people sleeping over or like great. it was pretty much it, yeah it was pretty much a tingle frat house yeah <laughs> yeah great, yeah yeah great. but like we we saw that experience and that experience of like you know. Everyone knew each other. Everyone had fun. Even if people weren't dancing, they were still having fun. Right. Uh, there was, like, this camaraderie that mm-hmm. that was very open. And we wanted to bring that idea to the malanga, where mm. it's, like, you know, almost like cheers. You know, like, everyone knows your name. It's, like, it's okay. Mm-hmm.
0: You know? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: So that's what we did. We focused on that. We focused on being a host. We hired a cashier so to free ourselves up to actually, like, feed people. Um, I had, you know, I have, I, I, I've worked in restaurants for seven years. mm so, you know, everything from being a cashier, from being a host, from being mm-hmm. a waiter, from being a bartender, and Natasha had a lot of experience in, like, events also, so we wanted to take those ideas of, like, of fine dining, mm-hmm. and and customer service, and, and also that party atmosphere of, like, everyone knowing each other, and bring it to a malonga, so people actually feel welcome. One of the biggest things in tango you always hear is that, oh, it's so cold, it's like, yeah. why is it cold? For me, a lot of... A lot of it is because uh, the organizer didn't set the tone. I see. And like, how can they set the tone if they're just a cashier?
0: Right. So, Robert, I really like how you brought up, you know, taking a business mindset to, to running Malangas. I know that a lot of people who are artistic, they just want to dance and have a good time, but you do have to have a business mindset. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's, it's just how things have to operate smoothly and yeah again a lot of people who get into tango and they have these grand ideas of, of starting a along as they don't necessarily go in with the proper uh business mindset advertising budgeting and all that thing and then their events don't last too long which is really sad but it looks like you ha- you know brought in all your experiences uh you know you really looked into this and you have a pretty good sense of of business and that yeah that's just a skill set that a lot of us organizers should really um learn to develop how do you uh manage promotion what are some promotional tactics that you've used that w- have worked for you personally because living in LA it's a big city there's a lot of stuff to do there's a lot of noise a lot of not just dance events but just a lot of other things going on there to compete with so how do you stand out and, and get attention for for your malangas
1: I mean there's many things we do first off you know the, our, our best advertisement for Tango are actually the Tango dancers but it's like, how do, you, how, do you, how do you tap into that, you know? And what we do is we have simple policies, you know, which are, which are kind of global. First policy is if you're a non-dancer, you don't pay. Okay. Um, and what that does is that it allows people to bring their friends in and say, hey, you don't have to dance. Like, just hang out, you know, mm-hmm. and tell us if you're or not. You know, mm-hmm. because it, it's really hard to, like, bring your friend and, and say, tingles amazing, tingles all these things, but just to check it out, it's going to cost you 15 bucks. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is we had beginners classes that are included. The beginners classes like it's basically just walking, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's all you gotta do. And one of the things I really hated about the business side of tango is that for me, I felt like I was doing people a favor by drafting friends in, you know. Hmm. Um, but then it's like you want to be there, you want to be supportive of your friends, but then also you're also kicking out another fifteen dollars, or or how much a class is to to be there with your friend at a beginners class. Yeah. You know like you wouldn't have even paid for it in the first place. That's the other thing, too. So so not only is it, are, are those two policies, makes it, it, does it make it easy for you to bring in a friend, mm-hmm. um, it makes it easy for people to be supportive of their friends in the beginner's classes because the like the bar paid for it because it's included with the malanga. So in that sense, anyone can go out and say, hey, come hang out with me, and if anyone's going to hang out for a long time in a malanga, they've got to at least support the bar, so someone's getting something, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and I for me I, I really didn't I, I don't need I don't need the money like straight off I have a job mm-hmm. uh, so it wasn't. it wasn't like I needed the money like I, I needed to capitalize on right away yeah. uh, I, I'm, I'm looking at it as in terms of the long game and in the long game is that if they actually appreciate the music and appreciate what we do mm-hmm. they're gonna show up and they're gonna, and they're gonna be a very loyal client
2: mm-hmm. you know
1: yeah, that's the first part. The second part is i I got a little lazy on this it, like this past <laughs> year because life got really crazy. But we were really active on Instagram. We were like posting like photos every day with like hashtags and everything. Mm-hmm. So that helped out a lot too. And then also is is to really choose your target audience. And, and I think that's one of the biggest problems in Tango is that everyone's like we want everybody, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And the problem and the problem that well I mean. This might this might be different from like smaller cities, but in L. A. the problem is that if you want everybody, sometimes everybody doesn't gel. You know? Yeah, that's right. And that's the thing that so we're very so everything we do in our decisions is towards that target audience. We're a strictly traditional place. We only play Golden Age music. Mm-hmm. Um, our our target audience is 25 to 35. Okay. Not saying that we don't. We're not going that if you're over thirty-five, we don't want you. <laughs> what is that? that that's 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 what we're targeting. It's like, and mm-hmm. it's and we and all our decisions really focus on that target. So our our admission price is very economical. Mm-hmm. It's uh dollars 13, $13 for ten, which includes the beginners class. Fifteen dollars after ten. Wow. And also we have and we have student rates, which brings it down to five dollars. Wow, and, and that's and that and that's the thing is that we're a Tuesday, so you know, I mean, it's not like it, it's we we have to make it more enticing for people to come out on mm-hmm. a Tuesday, dress up and thing, but but that's the thing though is that our pricing is sensitive to that age bracket,
2: mm-hmm.
1: who we hire the DJ is sensitive to that uh, target audience in traditional twenty five to thirty
2: five,
1: mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in terms of what kind of music we're gonna play. I, I mean, I'm not gonna hire someone who plays like Canaro on OTV all, all day, all night. That's just not what that target audience will, will really listen to. Yeah. And, and nothing wrong with OTV or Canaro. I, yeah. I like them too, but, they, but they've got their place. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that like, it's easy to say, this is who we are, this is what we're about. If you like it, we're here. If you don't like it, we can recommend, we can, we can recommend some other places for you. Yeah. you know? No harm, no foul but know. when you're but when you when people know what you stand for and you're consistent about it, mm-hmm. it makes it easier for people to come and enjoy what you know the people who enjoy what you do will mm-hmm. come out and stay with you While people who don't enjoy what you do well there's there's many other places, and we're only one night, no big deal, but that's what I would say is that have a mission statement know what you're about uh-huh. like and what your values are and play to your values in terms of the marketing mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah, knowing what you stand for yeah, that really creates a sense of clarity yeah. Yeah, so you said you were running this Malanga for three years. Have you evolved into something else? Or are you still running it?
1: Still running it. Um, okay. I, you know, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to branch out into into do more events. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, politics in Tango is, is very tricky in terms <laughs> of not offending anybody. Uh, you know, will I buy someone out? Who knows? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I mean it, it's a joke I, I always have with my friends mm-hmm. who are like, I'll end up being the Corporate mogul, you know, buying out all these momolongas and like, turning them
2: over, but yeah, you
1: know, it's it, it, it's a joke. Um, but I mean, it, it's always it's it's always this funny thing because that's how we started, okay. and then it's like, and you know, it's like you never know, like what's the next one? I'm like, well, you want to buy that one. I'm like, well, you know, and 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 there's um, you know, and that's the thing. There, there are pros and cons in buying a Malanga or taking over a Malanga than starting from scratch because mm-hmm. you know everyone wants to start from scratch. You know, it's like, oh, this is my thing. This is. What I did this is what I you know mm-hmm. um, actually I would say that it's actually better to take over take over a malanga because you know you don't have to pull people away there's already a base to start with and you just add on to it so it makes it easier to get to to do to be bold and do and get things in motion because mm-hmm. you know if you start something new you know you don't know if regularly their schedule will fit that you know yeah and will people actually make time so a lot of there's a lot of variables that go into play so yeah uh, you know, I would say starting with like uh, especially since we're not teachers,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, that's more important because now it's like okay, now we have a steady base, we have a steady, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because we don't, we don't produce any students, and 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 that, to me that's also very important too because it's like it's a separation of church and state per se, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I, I know mm-hmm. it sounds funny, but you know, because the thing is, you know, one one of the downsides of being a teacher and, a, and an organizer is that you know people feel like oh well if I let my student go over there
2: mm-hmm. maybe they
1: might. Maybe I might lose my client and there's mm-hmm. always that hesitation because of some, for some people this is same as their livelihood but right. you know when you're a melanga and that's like hey you know I, I can't I, like I'm not a teacher like you know you can keep your students no big deal you mm-hmm. know right
2: <laughs> um, yeah, yeah.
1: and my whole, yeah uh, my whole thing is like you know what our policies are really supportive of teachers because without teachers we can't grow students so yeah. so like it's it, by investing in our teachers it, and you know and we do it like we're we're pretty good about investing in towards all, our, all the teachers and a lot of the programs, mm-hmm. but I think that's, that's investing into our pipeline yeah. because we don't create students, we don't create dancers. For us, the malanga is a point of retention. Like mm-hmm. we retain people because we remind them that Tango is fun, but yeah. throwing in a rookie, a, a, you know, a greenhorn in there, mm-hmm. uh, that's, or creating new dancers, that's just not our thing. Yeah. Uh, just because let an expert handle that, that's that's what I'd say, you know, like, yeah. there are tons of expert teachers mm-hmm. that, that let them be in their show, you know, and to the event organizations, I can say, you know, I've got a lot of experience in it now, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I know what I'm doing, but that's... Mm-hmm. that's you know that's that's the way we like to look at it, and we really want to set ourselves up as like the Switzerland of Tango uh, in yeah, LA, because
0: of tango. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know
1: it's like hey, it's like it's like neutral ground. You know, like no fighting. Please follow the rules. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's one of the beauties of, of Tango Mio uh, is because because we aren't teachers, and you know we rotate our teachers all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that everyone gets a piece. Everyone gets to be supportive, and and people get to dance with other different styles, different, and when I say styles, I don't mean like, you know, nuevo and traditional. I mean like, even within traditional, there's different nuances because people learn differently from different teachers Mm -hmm. and different different characters that come out. So it's, it's, it's good because it's, it's great. It's a, it's a center of cross-pollination in terms of the, in the traditional sphere. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. When you said you're being the, the Switzerland of, of tango, I was, I was thinking of that that hotel in John Wick.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, or the hotel Artemis. <laughs>
0: yeah. Wait, where you don't kill anybody in the in the Malanga? You know? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, it, 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 it's kind of like that because you know, uh, I mean, and that's that's great because, like, you know, in a sense, uh, a lot of people like me because I, I kind of somehow weaseled my way into everyone being everyone's like, I, I you know, I, it's almost like I was a, a natural born politician because like mm-hmm. I kind of weasel my way into, you know.
0: Yeah, well, you're, I mean, you're, you're that, a safe guy to be around.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like a, a GQ looking person.
0: So I'm not going to steal your girlfriend. You know? <laughs> oh, Robert. Hey, you know, it, being being a big teddy bear
1: is, is a very safe place and, and, you mm. know, it's, it's good marketing. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> That's great. Yeah. But like what you said about being a politician, I mean, I've talked to some organizers um, before and they just kind of said, yeah, you know, I, I feel like a politician sometimes that I got to go around and say hi and, and make connections and all this stuff but
1: yeah but 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 that's the thing though like I, like in in scape, I, I don't want to say it's more like politics I was I, I, I want to say it's more like dude this is my house party you know yeah. I want to know everyone I want to know everyone walking through my doors because like you you know you need to know if someone needs help you you want you want like as a host like if you open up your doors in your own home to every to like a certain amount of people you want everyone to feel welcome you don't want people like being bitter and then, like, dragging muddy shoes across whatever or, like, <laughs> trash yeah. up your bathroom because they're like, oh, my God, like, mm-hmm. can't believe that person did this, you know? Yeah. I mean, people like, people get angry and they take things out in the, in the weirdest way. Like, they vent their frustrations in a weird way. And, mm-hmm. and if this is my own house party, mm-hmm. I, I would not want that at my own house.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so another question I have for you, Robert, is, uh, you know, it's great that you're running uh, the manga the way that you're running – um, but as you know, sometimes energy changes in the community or new things happen, and you, you sort of have to constantly be on the lookout uh, to adjust to different changes. What are some changes that you're sensing now, if any, in the community and that you're sort of uh, adjusting or perhaps making uh, future plans around? First of all,
1: it's, a lot of it is there's a lot of frustration, and it's, it's how do you tackle those, those frustrations? Mm-hmm. Let's take ageism. Ageism is a big thing. You know, I don't, I don't mean to make light of it, but it, like, tango is tough on ladies, mm-hmm. you know. In terms of supply and demand, there are like three ladies for every guy. And sure, and sure, like there's a movement that ladies can lead. Sure, that's great, you know. But when it comes down, even when it comes back down to it, it's like, you know, there's a lot of ladies who don't want to take that option. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they might have like 10 years of experience but then, you know, they'll be like, oh, well, because I'm not like in my 20s and wearing a short skirt. Because mm-hmm. you hear that a lot, you know. In my perspective, the issue is not ageism. A- ageism is a symptom of the imbalance of the roles. If you're a guy or if you're a lead, you have more choices and you're going to go with choices that, you know, like choices that look better for you. Whether it be mm-hmm. a better dancer or, or uh, some a, a more uh, that are social connection, or if it's just aesthetics, because mm-hmm. you know you like the way people are dressed or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, there, there's a whole bunch of natural biases that people will, f- will fall on the wayside. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it's an ageist issue. It's more of ageism is a symptom of uh, the imbalance of roles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we, one of the things we're actually doing right now is we're doing a, we're ha- we're having a re- referral program. Okay. And the referral program is if any person could refer a man to Tango Mio and they survive four consecutive weeks of classes and malangas, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that person will get three admissions. Okay. Free. So it, 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 so, you know, and, and it goes back to your best, you know, your best advertisement are, are your people. So mm-hmm. who are the people who could draft men the easiest? Honestly, it's ladies, because I've tried many times to draft guys. I've drafted, I've, I came from college books. I got tons of guy friends. Yeah. All of them, they're scared to even try it. I've had three guys try it out, and they all bailed. Uh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Seven years. Seven years. I have a zero percent success rate.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, you know, and so, and again, it goes back down to like, go with go with the experts of the, uh, you know, go with the experts of the field. And if drafting men, I think drafting men per se, mm. yeah. Uh, it. It's best coming from the ladies, and how do you and how do you incentivize that, you know, give them a kickback. Um, we we you see it in other industries. I mean, you you go to work and they're like, oh hey, if you if you if one of your friends gets hired and you recommended them they, and they survive the six month period,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: get like a hundred bucks or whatever. You know, yeah. there is that. So so it's not a you know it's not something new and novel. It's just like mm-hmm. let's just borrow ideas from other industries and let's see and make it work.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's great you're coming up with all these different ideas and applying them to to Tango and, yeah, seeing, seeing what works and be, not being afraid to experiment.
1: And the other thing we're doing is uh, we're sponsoring an, a practica. Okay. So, yeah, so actually that's beginning next Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a studio nearby. It's called Third Street, and my friend runs. My friend runs the, the Tango program there. Mm-hmm. So we're paying the studio to have – a one like so they have, they have practice of four days uh, or like you know, every Monday. Mm-hmm. But for the first Monday of the month, it's going to be free for everybody to just come and practice. Mm-hmm. And we're we're, we're again as one of the things, invest into you know invest into your programs because we don't make teach, we don't make students,
2: mm-hmm. we don't make
1: dancers. So and so it makes sense for us to throw money towards something that could be successful. So and and I think when you have a free practice, it's not to downgrade practices, but what it also does is that it also makes it easier for someone who's experienced to come and help someone who's inexperienced because yeah, sure we all practice, but I mean, how in terms of the user experience, how would you feel mm-hmm. like, Hey, uh, can you help this person who, who's new in tango, but then by the way, it's going to cost you 15 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And and I think that's the, that's the problem is one of the problems with tango is that we need to start looking from the user experience. Like how do you, how do they feel? It's, it's, and people will go back and say, well, it's the value of tango. You shouldn't devalue it. But mm-hmm. but really look at it from experience and how do you encourage people to be more helpful of new people or to be more welcoming, to be more whatever. If it costs money, people want people want to like, extract some kind of enjoyment. Right. And to be honest with you, you, there aren't many people out there who will extract enjoyment from helping people who are just totally green. Mm-hmm. There are some people who are, you know, there, there are some people who are, worried, but, but you in general, if you put a barrier, like an obstacle of money on top of that, it's, it's a hard sell. Yeah. So that's why I, I think it's one of those things where let's really look at how people, how people really react mm. and, and what people really do and use that, use those human qualities those human decisions to make policies that actually work.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice, Robert. All right, this has been a lot of fun. So, uh, where do we find out more about you online and in your Malanga and and all the other events that well, you're behind?
1: This Malanga is the only event that we're that I'm behind, really. Uh, look, so we just we just start, we just start sponsoring the other things. Mostly, like my, my I, I I focus on Facebook because okay. I practically live on Facebook. I live on Facebook, you know? <laughs> like, hey, it yeah. to be honest. Like you send me a message, I'll answer. It, you know, okay. um, that's just. I know, and it, it's kind of sick because my girlfriend's like, "Oh my god, you're you're addicted to you're addicted to social media." But you know, but you know, like I said, it's one of those things like you'll play to your strengths, make 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 your weakness your strength. You know,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: it, I'm, this is my way of turning uh, lemons into lemonade, and um, you know, I have to apologize to my girlfriend a lot that that's like, "Oh my god, I'm always on Facebook. My attention's always there." But um, but you know, like uh, yeah, people always find me on Facebook. I'm very open, I, and if they're even really interested in terms of um how i do things actually i've wrote like a i i have a document that's actually online that you know it's more like facebook notes it's it's public for everyone to see but it's, okay. it's it it a lot has my um my theories and and what and how i address things and, and some of the pitfalls that I, uh, I see in tango
2: okay in terms of
1: organi- organizing events for a while, I kept it private because, you know, I was like a new kid in the block. It's almost one of those, like, oh, what do you know? You know, like, she had the chip on his shoulder. You yeah, know? Yeah. Now, that I've survived, like, now that I've survived like three years, I think it's okay to make it public. You sure.
0: know? Yeah. Well, hey, feel free to send me that link. I'll be happy to put it in my show notes so people can look it up. Yeah, sure. Cool. All right, Robert. Well, thank you again so much for taking the time to talk to me. I know you're on your way. On your way to a Malanga, aren't you?
1: yeah yeah I got, uh we i normally get there about six fifteen to start setting up um for to classes to start at eight o'clock i got tables to move wow. uh lights to put up the rest of my volunteer staff come up at seven okay. um yeah no it's, it's not necessarily a well oiled machine but it's you know but it's like there's a, i would say in terms of running a it's like gardening you know it's, it's a lot of work
2: mm-hmm. but
1: like at the end of the day you kind of there's this there's this feeling of accomplishment yeah. and if that's something that you like definitely yeah. for you but like i mean I, I don't want to say like you know, running a Malanga is is, is all like you know, rainbows and unicorns. It's not, no, but no. but I mean, but yeah, it, it is pretty much like running. A, it is pretty much like um, you know, having a garden. And there is work, there is harvest, there is uh, you know, there's pruning. There's there's a lot of metaphors to that. <laughs> so, sure, sure. Uh, but there's a great there's a great sense of pride that I have every time I finish up and uh, makes me feel great.
0: Good, good. All right, Robert. Well, good luck to with everything and to the future and keep doing what you're doing, man. Yeah, thank you. All right. Take care. Have a, have a fun time tonight. You too. All right. That was Robert Le in LA. I really appreciated his thoughts on running a milonga and that as organizers, we need to know what we stand for. We need to be clear about what we're offering. Although he's accepting of all tango dancers, Robert does target a specific age group. He only has so much energy, and it's impossible to have an event that appeals to everyone. Because in general, we want everyone to like us approach is just not going to work. And another thing that stood out to me was that Robert has specific strategies on how to behave as a host and how to retain new tango dancers. He's proactive about providing a great experience. There's a lot of planning, a lot of experimentation sometimes, and listening to feedback. He specializes in event hosting rather than instruction, which allows him to focus on creating a great venue where teachers from all over the area can bring their students. So thank you, Robert, for reaching out to me and for sharing your thoughts. Best of luck to you. And of course, thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, as always, please take a quick moment to subscribe and please leave a five-star rating and review if you haven't already. That helps out a lot. To help keep the podcast going, I'm also accepting donations through PayPal. There's a link in the description and also one on the podcast website. Thank you so much for your support. If you'd like to get in touch with me for any reason, feel free to send an email to wisconsintango at gmail.com. Once again, that's wisconsintango at gmail.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. Okay, that's it for today. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.